Thank you all for tuning in. The following is a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the palatial remote studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. <laughs> Joining me in studio is my father, the venerable chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? I'm doing well, thank you. And hello to all my fellow Bible inquisitors. Now, as we are starting this broadcast, we have not called Rudy. Should no, we, we haven't. That? Shall we start? Should we try doing that? Yeah, we we'll start, start all this over. Yeah, we can start. Well, I'll just leave it running and and edit it manually. We don't leave Rudy out. Nope. Molly yeah, keeps saying and asking that. Yeah, that's Rudy. He's probably tired of hearing it. He might be asleep. Oh, hello, Rudy. Did you are you awake? Yeah. Well, Bill and I, are, Bill and I are trying to do a show, and we can't really start it without you. We don't uh, want to start it without you. <laughs> I get my Rudy minute and then I hang up. <laughs> okay. But anyway, we miss you not being here. Okay. Okay. Well, we're glad of that. All right, then we are. Oh, Ma Mom wanted to remind you that as long as you're smoking, you're not going to heal as fast. She's going to keep on that because she's. it's true. And because she cares. But we love you. Yep. All right. Jack in one piece. Yep. Ready to get started? Then here we go. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the palatial remote studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Joining us uh, via telephone is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. And joining me here in studio is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? I'm doing very well. And hello to my fellow Bible inquisitors. It's good to be back into broadcasting routines. <laughs> yes, indeed it is. Um, yes, uh, we've, uh, we've got some wonderful stuff uh, to get through today. Um, to bring you, that is, and uh, um, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, actually quite a bit of material. But first, I think we have time for a Rudy Minute. With the Lord, a <laughs> Rudy Minute is love each other. Because once you start practicing that, practicing that, you become a better person to that. And remember, the feelings you have, other people have, and God loves us so much. He knows how we feel, how things are. And I really know who Never give up. I love you all. Walk, walk, walk. With the Lord. With the Lord. With the Lord in Thank you, Rudy. Now, I know that you're not feeling well, so we're going to go ahead and hang up. But right, we all. Yes. Good words. Uh, better words have not been spoken. Um, it is important that we love each other, and uh, the Bible tells us, uh, Jesus tells us to uh, love uh, love others like you love yourselves, 
and uh, um, you know, uh, even when you don't feel very uh, very loving towards yourself, it can be very helpful to uh, to reach out and love others, because once you get outside of yourself, then you can see what's really going on in the world, and uh, um, and the need for love that people have. So uh, um, so get to loving, and uh, well, first listen to the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I've turned my phone on silent mode. Have you? My turned? phone is on silent mode. Okay, we don't want to get any more of those. <laughs> uh, cuckoo clocks, or what was the other one? I don't remember. Nope, nope. But still, those loud interruptions or something else. All right. Well, we are continuing in. Dear God, I have a question by Catherine Slattery. Slattery, yes. Yes, and uh, today we'll be taking a look at the Bible, or starting to, which uh, we of course have already been looking at, but we're going to be looking at the Bible itself as a as a book, as a book of books, as details referencing yes. the Bible. Yes. Yeah. All right. You know. So, uh, um, so yeah, let's uh, let's turn to page sixty-three. Not that you necessarily have the book, but if you do, you're welcome to. Yes, indeed. Where uh, where we start with the first question of what is the Bible? So what is the Bible? Well, I'm going to start off with what I wrote down. <laughs> Saying it's God's story in the world, and more specifically in human history. Uh, there's so much more to God that we can't even begin to comprehend. And science is correctly finding old things that are before recorded history uh, that are much older than 5,000 years. Some people have tried to say the world is 5,000 years old, and they even break it down to a month and day. And that is totally inaccurate. And those are Christian people who are doing that. They're just trying to be able to say that, and they block out other things that we have seen. And that's not the right response. Uh, to look at the Bible and say that it is indeed God's story in the world, and specifically in human history, is a much more precise way. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that because science is also finding a lot of things out for the first time that were are already in the Bible. Right. And happily, and I honestly believe that if God tarries long enough, science will eventually get to the point to say, wow, the Bible really is true. <laughs> uh, whether they will ever get to the point of saying, and Jesus is his son, like the Bible says, we'll just have to wait. Yeah. But a lot of scientists do believe. Uh, yes. A lot more and, than people think. Yeah. The producer of the show had surgery uh, last week, and the doctor had sur uh, had prayer had prayer with us before uh, he would even take her in for the operation. And I wish more and more doctors would do that. Uh, it's terrific, and we certainly appreciated that. So highly recommend that stuff. Yep. What is the Bible? Well, 
The Bible is, uh, as uh, Miss Slattery says, uh, the most important book in the world. And uh, it's because it is the word of God. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, Paul uh, says in 1 Timothy 3.16 that uh, all scripture is God-breathed. And we, uh, we believe uh, that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Um, that uh, it's not the same as dictation. Um, except for a couple parts. There, there are a couple parts. We, we talked about this before. Um, the Ten Commandments were, were definitely dictation. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and when God uh, wrote on the wall uh, of uh, um, Daniel for Belshazzar. Daniel for, yes. Belshazzar. Not Belshazzar. <laughs> Belshazzar. It was for the kings. It yes. was his party, uh, his banquet hall. Yes, yes. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Um, he wrote uh, Mine Mine Tekle Parson, so that's literally the Word of God, um, but uh, the dictated Word of God. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, it's different from from dictation, and that God didn't come and say write this. He fill infilled the uh, the writers like Paul and Daniel and Moses with uh, um, with his with his will, and. Uh, um, you know, and, and gave them the inspiration to write what they wrote. Um, and uh, so it is the word of God, but, you know, God didn't say that should be an A instead of an AN, um, you know, or, or anything good, uh, like that. That's a good comparison. Yeah. A little hard to understand over the airwaves, but, <laughs> you know, the letter A as compared to the word AN, mm -hmm. I ate an apple right. type of thing. What does all this mean to you specifically? Let's bring it all the way down. Yeah. The Bible is really God's special love letter to you. Because, and us, all of us. Yes. Because it brings to the point of saying that salvation, which is a gift from God, mm -hmm. is for us. Right. Which means we have more than just our life here on earth. Now, I will definitely say up front that people who do not believe and accept the Bible, they have an eternity in front of them also. Yes. It's not a positive one. It no. is literally in hell as compared to being in heaven with God and Jesus. And that's what we I want to see everyone to have. Right. Uh, but that's how it gets down to straight to us. Yep. And it's not just us as a corporate entity. <laughs> um, it's to us, each of us individually as well. Um, yes, it is to everyone, but, um, but it is also to you in particular. Um, it's to me, it's to, uh, to my father, to my mother, to Rudy, um, you know, and, uh, and everyone as an individual, not just everyone. So, uh, um, so, uh, so yeah, so bear that in mind. All right. Let's get into some of the details. Mm -hmm. The Bible is composed of 66 books. They're written by some 40 different people. Mm -hmm. And you notice I didn't say just 40 different men. <laughs> uh, and, and we do that with a smile because truthfully, 
we are of an opinion that says Hebrews might very well have been written by a lady, right. a woman. Uh, I And the producer want to believe it's Priscilla, the wife part of the team of Priscilla and Aquila. We can't prove that in any way. That's why we can only reference it. But 40-some people overall writing these 66 books. And it's over a 2,000-year period of time. Give or take. Give or take, yes. <laughs> and, but the, the giving and taking on that is important. When we look at things today and say, how on earth do all of those people agree on so many points? Mm-hmm when they really did not have access to all the things they were writing about. Right. And I, for one, just believe that it has to be inspired by God to bring it together and saying, tell them this, because it hasn't changed. Well, even uh, Paul at one point uh, in one of his letters uh, asks for the return of of the scrolls he had lent to uh, someone. I can't remember who. At this point, do you remember? Well, yeah, actually, it just says the ones he left. And yeah. that's where Priscilla and Aquila happened to have been. Right, right. And that's why I, <laughs> one of the reasons why I want to believe that she actually wrote the letter Hebrews. But yeah. we can't get into that for this study. No, no. Uh, but it was, but the writings were uncommon. Um, so people had to write without having the other books, the other scrolls available to them um they had to do you know like when when paul that that's why when when paul writes quotes from the old testament they don't always match up 100 percent with what you would find in that particular passage because he's doing so much of it from memory and human memory is faulty um everything people touch is faulty um because we're imperfect beings um but uh, um but yeah so uh, uh so yeah so it definitely, uh, um, definitely yeah. was difficult. Would have been difficult for them to agree on things if it wasn't for the Lord inspiring them mm-hmm. to what they uh, to what they wrote. The first five books are a really a great example of what we're talking about here. They were all written by Moses, but they were written about subjects that were some. 2,000 years before the life of Moses. And even further. Yeah, (laughs) and even further. But I'm just giving rough rough numbers. Right. And to be able to say that he could write all of those things down by inspiration, we know he as the emperor's, pharaoh's, sorry, the pharaoh's uh, adopted son, Mm -hmm. he had access to those libraries. And so, yeah, he could have been remembering some of that. But have you ever tried going to the library to study? I know that's a thing of the past mostly. Mm -hmm. But gone to the library and studied some history things and then tried to go home and write down what you read. Yeah. You know, it just has to be inspired by God. That's all there is to it. And to be able to say that these are amazing books within the book 
and how much time was there. You may have heard the Bible referenced as scripture or maybe seen part of the passage out of the Bible and saying scripture. Well, scripture actually means holy writing, Mm -hmm. uh, as in writing that way. So I want you to know that scripture is a reference to the Bible as holy writing. Right. And we believe that. Yep. Uh, It's true, real life people stories Mm -hmm. the uh, letter of job uh which we i personally want to believe is more of a time frame of of abraham yeah uh because he was doing his own sacrificing before there was an altar uh that's abraham's time when we get up to moses time it's only the one altar that's supposed to be sacrificed on right but still, um, there there are many who uh, who agree that the book of Job may very well have been the first in order to be written, that it was written before the books of Moses, mm-hmm. um, and uh, for originally anyway. Um, so uh, so yeah, there's definitely no yeah. no reason not to think that uh, that he was at least a contemporary of Abraham. And these stories aren't just about God in human history. It is that certainly, and overall. It, follows the timelines but it's about true stories about kings and queens about angels about wars uh so there's a lot of exciting parts in the bible and it's not just something ho-hum and there's stories about common people too before you think it's all just about the high and mighty um in fact uh on the other show the other uh, show on the totally approachable bible study for all um we'll be getting into one of those and that's going to be the book of ruth um, which is about a common person. Um, yeah. She's there. Well, she was, but her grandson or great grandson, great grandson, great grandson, not so much. <laughs> but you'll have to tune in on tu- you'll have to tune in on Tuesday to find that out. Indeed. But there, you know, it's poetry in this book. And by the way, this is my study Bible. Don't get discouraged about the dis- about my size of (laughs) this particular copy of the bible Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of other things uh, commentaries and people's view and opinion and verifying facts of history that are really important but the bible itself doesn't have to be this thick unless like me you're getting old and need large print this bible is not one of those that's why at different shows in the past you've seen me pull out a magnifying glass just to be able to read some of it. But it's, prayers are in this Bible, and there are even predictions about the future. Ooh, the future. And it is indeed about things that have are yet to come. And that's why the whole book is important. Some of those predictions are in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. And again, they're verifying each other. When John was on the Isle of Patmos writing the letter or the book of Revelation, the last one, I am very confident he did not have copies of scrolls of the Old Testament books to say, oh, yeah, this, this, and this. He was inspired by God, and that brought the memory forward. Yep. And... uh... Definitely, as as we uh, we were joking around earlier, uh, 
as one gets older, one's memory does tend to uh, to falter a bit. And John was not a young man when he was on the island of Patmos. So uh, he had a lot of stuff stuffed into his brain uh, by yeah. that point. And so uh, definitely needed God's inspiration to uh, to remember it all. Truly enough. Yeah. All right. How did we get the Bible? Well, primarily the Old Testament mm -hmm. was all written in Hebrew. Right. Well, there is a, there is some uh, parts of uh, Daniel, I think it is, that are in Aramaic. That's true. Um, but it's primarily written in Hebrew. And it was brought together by Hebrew scholars. There were also other books written that are not in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. But under, same thing with the New Testament when we get to it. But in the Old Testament, there were other people who had writings uh, that are not included in the scripture. Right. There are also some books that are in the Catholic canon of the Bible that cover the 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. Right. And by the way, those books are good for reading, especially if you're a history buff like me. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're acceptable to read, but even the Catholic Church says those books are not the inspired word of God like others. Right. But they are worthy of having in their like canon. the like the book of Maccabees, which tells of the the revolution against first and second Maccabees, sorry, um, that tells of the revolution against the Greeks, um, and uh, um, and that's where we get the story of uh, of Hanukkah as well. Um, and, uh, and direct, that, so. directly on that. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we're jumping ahead a little bit, a little but bit. not. No. Because when we look at the story of the Old Testament, with the Old Covenant between, which is the Old Covenant between God and man, it is strictly between God and the, what we call Jewish believers. It was the Hebrew believers. Right. Um, Jewish specifically refers to the people of the tribe of Judah, um, which for the most part is the only tribe that is really left. And so that's why pretty much all uh, all Hebrew people are referred to as Jews um, or, or, Jewish, Jewish, or Jewish, which is still more light. So, uh, see, it's still the going. I told it to stop doing that. Uh -huh. Hopefully, folks, you aren't hearing a cuckoo clock right now, but oh, okay, yeah. there we go. Uh, That's not a cuckoo. The Old Testament was compiled by Jewish scholars, and mm -hmm. they came up with the books and the order you will see in the table of contents, or if you look through all the books of the Old Testament. Now, of course, Christians have more books in the Old Testament than the uh, than the Hebrews do. Yes. Um, however, that's because Hebrew scholars don't separate out like first and second kings or uh, um, or judges and Ruth and uh, um, and uh, and other books. Um, so there there are a lot of there are several books that are combined. We still have all the same material, but uh, um, but yeah. So so don't let that confuse you. And we won't get into details too much. I mean. Our first five books is called the Pentateuch, and that means literally the first five books. Yep. 
and that's the laws of Moses. We just incorporate all of them to see how the Old Testament is put together and how the Old Covenant between God and the Hebrews was supposed to work. Yeah. Problem is, is that God promised them all sorts of blessings if they would only follow his teachings and they wouldn't follow them. Right. They had them, but they wouldn't follow them. Yep. Uh, and they also had this marvelous temple, which they thought kept God at their beck and call. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen because they didn't keep following God. Yeah. And so that temple was destroyed. And so have been, what is it, three others? We have Solomon's temple, the right. one that was rebuilt after. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, that that temple is still considered. Uh, the great Herod, Herod, the great Herod's temple is still considered to be the second temple because it was just an expansion on the temple um, that was rebuilt after the captivity. Z. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So we're waiting. So we on have all those. Uh, <laughs> but that's the Old Testament. The New Testament was written again by many different people. There are also a whole lot of other books that claim to be written about the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all about, right. is the earthly life of Jesus. From Acts through Jude, which is the next to the last book of the Bible, is really an explanation of how the early church developed and how some of the leaders after Jesus interpreted the teachings of Jesus. Uh, to be able to say this is what good Christians should do. Right. And then, as we said, the book of Revelation is written about the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there are still, in, in Revelation even, there's still some some guidelines as far as what good Christians should be doing in their lives. That is true. Through the first four. In fact, the, the, first, yeah, four. the first four chapters of Revelation is really good for a whole lot of people to do just minor quoting. Yeah. Uh, from Revelation 3, verse 20, God is saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm-hmm. Anyone who opens the door and lets me in, I will come in and sup with them. Well, that is a fabulous statement, but it was not written to non-Christians. Right. It was written to Christians, mm-hmm. which means that Christians in the city of Laodicea in particular or that province area, had shut Jesus out of their lives already. Yeah. And I really want to encourage everyone to be open to Jesus and not let our hearts be closed to him. And if you've ever seen the pictures of Jesus standing at the door and knocking, look a little closer, and you'll see there's no door handle on Jesus' side. It has to be from the inside. So open our hearts, your hearts, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we have these books of the New Testament, the Catholic Church, because that was the only church at the time. Right. Roman Catholic, to be specific. Okay, the Roman Catholic Church. You're absolutely right. It doesn't divide until after 280. Uh, but nonetheless, it all took almost that long to get all of these scholars to get together and decide 
which of all these different writings needed to be held within these two, well, then it wasn't, but in the New Testament. Right. Um, to become canon is the, uh, is the is word the for it. Um, it uh, which basically just means official, real. I don't remember the specific, the, re the actual definition of canon. There's a specific definition of canon, but basically it means the real and, and God breathed. The, these are the books that God said, write this stuff down. And I think something that was done by those gentlemen needs to be done by us on a daily basis. They didn't just gather together and say, yes, this one, no to this one, yes, no, 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 yes, yes. Right. They prayed to God. And that is a reference in the letter of James that we all should be very aware of. Yeah. We should be praying to God about everything in our lives and asking for his guidance. So these men gathered and prayed to God before they put together the current canon of the New Testament. You know, just as an aside to this, as you read through the Bible um, yourself, take note. People get into a lot of trouble when they do things without praying. And you'll see specifically in, in, different, uh, in different things like, uh, like we just finished Judges on Tuesday. Um, you know, and people did things without praying and they got into trouble. Um, more often than not, when somebody prays about something, they stay out of trouble because they, they're, they're opening themselves up to God's will and God's, uh, um, God's word, um, to them specifically. Um, when you don't pray, then things fall apart. Yeah. So. Now, these gentlemen got together, and I want to say it was somewhere around 210 A.D., so the year 210 A.D. He was very young at the time. So <laughs> they got together, and they chose these books. Mm -hmm. Then they proceeded to have them all copied limitedly right. because they had to be hand-copied. Uh, there were some things, and I should have looked it up, and I didn't, but they were literally allowed to make a certain number of errors on any right. individual page. I think it's three. Uh, before they had to start the whole page over again. Right. Uh, in 1457, that's when that began to change, praise the Lord. But you were saying these were compiled in what they called Codex, codices. Codices. Right. An individual one is called a codex. Um, it's like a book, um, So, but it was all handwritten. Um, and uh, um, so it was much easier to find particular passages quickly um, as opposed to a scroll where you'd have to roll it out and, and all. It, it looked very much like, uh, like our, our modern books. Um, one of the more exciting ones that's been recently found recently, like within uh within your lifetime not within mine um is the codex sinaiticus which uh is an old uh, an old copy an ancient copy of the bible um that has pretty much all of the old testament and oh no all the old testament and pretty much all the new testament but it's got a couple of extra books in it um so it was uh it was pretty early 
Um, but, uh, um, yeah, and uh, um, and so it was, but because it was handwritten, there would be fewer, there would be much fewer copies. There would only be a few copies of something. This one was found in the library at uh, um, at um, the uh, Mount, Sinai. Mount Sinai. Yeah, Mount Sinai. The uh, the, the con not convent, uh, but anyway, the monastery. Monastery. The monastery at Mount Sinai. Um, so yeah, uh, just interesting, fascinating stuff there. But yeah, in 1457, uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve Gutenberg. No, I mean. Johannes Gutenberg <laughs> uh -huh. uh, created mechanical type, moving uh, moving type, and uh, um, and that's when we got the Gutenberg Bible. Was the first book ever uh, ever printed uh, mechanically, um, and uh, um, was done in Germany. Done in Germany, and this book had no page numbers. Right. So twelve hundred no, some odd pages. I don't even believe uh, fourteen hundred and fifty-seven was the year. Sorry, that was the uh, year. Uh, twelve hundred eighty-two unnumbered pages. I no. don't even think there was uh, an index at that point. Yeah, I don't think so. Don't, table of contents. I don't think so. But, uh, but imagine fun. going through that many pages trying to find what you need. Right, and so it was still a book that needed to be studied. Um, it is possible to own a single page of the uh, of the oh and Gutenberg's Bible was printed on both sides. That's the other thing about codexes. It was the first uh, the first writing uh, to be on both sides of a piece of paper. Um, scrolls are only written on one side, um, which means a longer book requires a longer scroll. Um, but the codex um, they wrote on both sides of the paper, so uh, it made the books smaller. Than uh, um, than what they were, so it was easier to carry around. Um, and uh, as was the uh, the Gutenberg Bible with 1,200 pages, still a pretty uh, bulky uh, bulky thing. But uh, I've seen them on 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 video, but I haven't. Uh, and they were seen bigger them in than yet. this. Yes. bigger than this. More like a here. more like a coffee table Bible. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or what they would call the family Bible. The family Bible with all the records in it. Yep. Um, it's really important to be able to understand and envision that. I mean, praise the Lord, we have table of contents that allow us to say, well, I don't have to remember that the book of Job starts on page 655, as an example. Right. We can just be able to go to the table of contents, we'll look it up and say, oh, it is on page 565. And you can use the numbering at the bottom. Even of the page. Uh, even beyond that, I mean, obviously now we have we have Bibles on our on phones, our phone apps, um, and computers. And uh, um, you know, it's funny when you were saying how when you were commenting about how big your study Bible is. Um, I was thinking, well, the study Bible I use is a micron, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> is an electron thick. Um, yeah, so, yes, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea how big the actual printed version of, uh, of the study Bible I use is, because yeah. um, I don't have one. I have it only electronically. And uh, um, but uh, as far as the just the Bible goes, I mean, with a couple of clicks, I can I can quickly look up Zephaniah chapter two verse seven, and boom, there it is, right there. Yes. Um, you know, if uh, if I can't helpful. remember if I can't remember chapter and verse. Then I can always go to uh, to a search engine and type in Bible verses about whatever it is the Trinity, um, whatever it is I want to uh, whatever it is I want to look up, 
and uh, um, and that search engine will tell me. Um, it will uh, it will find uh, um, different guides, different pages that are compilations of those verses. Um, if it's a, if I'm looking for a specific verse, that will pop up at the top. Oh yeah, this Bible verse says that. What was truly tragic at the time of the Gutenberg Bible was the Catholic Church tried to say the common person should not be reading the Bible. Right. And they even put some laws out and got people arrested for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they had an, a, an interesting reason why. It's not entirely invalid that the common person didn't have the education or the knowledge to understand what the Bible was actually saying. I'm not saying it's good, because it is good that the common person can read the Bible now. Um, it is definitely a, a good thing that we, that you and I each have access to Bibles, to many versions of the Bible, uh, many translations and, and many uh, commentaries and and uh, um, and all that kind of stuff, but at least there was a somewhat reasonable explanation as to why they didn't want the common person reading the Bible. And sometimes people, the common person gets the Bible wrong, so it's not entirely without merit. It is without, you know, it's not it's not entirely with merit either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but at least there was a at least there was a a reasonable excuse as to why they wanted it that way. You know okay. that I can understand. Yeah. Point being is that we now have the scriptures on everything format. Yeah, we have it read to us. Yep. Uh, I like doing that, but I will confess when I used to do it. At night, when I was out by myself in the desert or various maneuvers, I would turn it on and listen to it, but I'd fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't really studying the scriptures, but it was listening and hearing it. And yes, I do believe that we can have some sleep memory. Yeah, uh, um, we use it. Not speaking out of uh, too much out of class, but Rudy has difficulty reading. He, he's dyslexic and uh, um, and his education didn't go as far as it could have um, as far as that kind of thing and so it's much easier for him to listen to the Bible on say YouTube um, his, his YouTube his YouTube uh, um, account is full of bookmarks on uh, on different people uh, David Suchet I think is the is the one we like listening to the best. He's he's English and has one of those wonderful voices that you listen to it. Uh, but uh, um, uh, yeah, I highly recommend. Uh, he's a, he's a, he does a very incredible job reading the uh, the Bible. Um, but you can find that on YouTube. Um, and uh, and so there are still people who uh, um, who can't read for whatever reason, yeah. and so it becomes easier to uh, to listen. And for those of you who have are of different language backgrounds, mm -hmm. there are over 2,000 different languages the Bible has been translated into. Yeah. And you can hear it in native language. Or maybe you are actually trying to study a different language. You could put the Bible in that language, and it will help. Yeah. Because you can compare the two of them next to each other. 
and go forward with it. Mm -hmm. I have taken and passed both Greek and Hebrew, and I have translations of them in Bibles, but I much prefer the ones that give me the English directly underneath. <laughs> I admit that. Uh, I am not really a linguist, but God's blessings, I've yeah. been able to do that. Yeah. So speaking of the word Bible, how did the Bible get its name? <laughs> well, um, the Bible uh, the Bible gets its name from uh, the Phoenician city of Gebel, 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 Gebel. in uh, Gebel in uh, uh, in what is now Lebanon. Um, its original Greek name was Biblos, and uh, uh, which uh, means papyrus, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, a grassy reed that uh, was originally used to make uh, paper. The earliest um, form of paper. The earliest form of paper that we know. Um, and uh, um, you know, occasionally they'll still find bits of uh, papyrus out there, um, but uh, um, but it's very fragile. Um, and uh, um, you know the well the the what's their names the Dead Sea Scrolls are uh, are made of papyrus, um, but uh, but anyway um, we don't really know why uh, this place was called uh, Biblos. It could have been because that it was a uh, place where they got paper from, or uh, um, or it could be uh, where it, where the papyrus was grown. We just it don't. It may have been a a major producer. Yeah, of it may have been a major writing producer. material. Right. Um, and uh, um, so, uh, um, so Biblos, the word for papyrus, became the word for book, Biblios. Um, and, uh, um, and that's where we get the word Bible from. Um, the Bible, of course, being a book of books. And uh, um, yeah. And before that, they had been basically writing things on stone mm -hmm. or sand tablets right much too heavy to transport from one place to another and the clay uh, tablets were definitely too fragile to uh, to carry around yeah. uh, for very long anyway not the papyrus wasn't fragile also but it certainly was easier and yeah used for short term situations mm -hmm. uh we still do in outside of bible we had science and archaeologists have found uh, papyrus uh, building uh, logs, uh, maintenance. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, it would be nice if we could say we have a census of when Jesus <laughs> was born in writing, but we don't know <laughs> because they weren't really meant to survive for long times. Right. But that's what they, their purpose was. Uh, and what about that surprising point? Just like Trinity, the word <laughs> the word Bible is not, is not in, the Bible. in the Bible. Right. Um, there are a lot of words that aren't in the Bible. Um, tractor, tractors. Yep. <laughs> that was an old Pastor Andy one. Um, but uh, um, that uh, you know things that we know exist um, today that uh, that are not in the Bible, um, and things that existed then that that are not written in the Bible. Not everything that happened in, during Old Testament times, during Moses' time, or during uh, Daniel's time, or anybody, not everything was written down. Um, 
you know, like uh, like uh, John says in uh, in his gospel, if everything Jesus had done was written down, the world itself would not be able to hold all the books that would be written. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, so we know a lot of stuff's not in uh, not in the Bible that really exists or existed. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, so just because the word Bible or the word Trinity aren't in the Bible doesn't mean they're not true. Absolutely. Okay. We're still doing all right on our broadcast time. Yeah, we got about 10 minutes okay. before we have to close. So the question at the top of the page is, how do I know the Bible is true? Well, that's because the Bible's different from any other book. Um, we've got all these people over the course of about 2,000 years, about 40 people, um, all writing um, a book, a book of books that agrees with itself. Um, <clears throat> I mean, some of it, some of why I believe the Bible is true is faith. Um, you know, without faith, then you'll find all sorts of excuses as to why it's not true. Um, but, uh, um, you know, and plenty of people without faith have come out and said, the Bible's not true. It can't be true. You know, and, uh, um, you know, I'm pointing out small things that, you know, nitpicking small errors and saying, oh, well, it's not true because this letter here isn't the same as that letter there. Um, that different books are saying different things. It's not true. Um, yes, Paul doesn't quote exactly what in the New Testament, exactly what I have in my Old Testament sometimes um, because he was doing a lot of it from memory. Um, but, uh, um, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't agree with the Old Testament. It does. Um, and, uh, and it's just because of this, because of this agreement without conferring with each other. I mean, Jude could not confer with Moses directly, um, to say, oh, well, what was it you meant? What were you saying here? And, and that, um, you know, and, and vice versa, because they're, they're separated by millennia. Um, and yet they still agree with each other. And so, uh, um, you know, and between that and what comes out in our hearts as far as, uh, um, you know, as, as far as faith goes, um, that's how I know it's true. The Bible is also the most documented and reliable book in the Bible. Yeah, in the world. Bible, yeah. Bible, Bible in the Bible. That would Bible be interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Uh, in the world. It has certainly been the one that has been dissected the most. Absolutely. Cut apart, looked at, and tried to make it not true. And no one can really do that. Not even scientifically can they do that. Right. Yes, an individual can say, well, I don't believe that. That's not, mm -hmm. you know, the Bible's fault. Right. The Bible tells us about God's love. Uh, but there are even biblical archaeologists, that's people who intentionally go out and look. And sometimes it is by big coincidences. <laughs> For instance, in 1947, so the year before Israel became a nation, yeah. again, uh, there was a shepherd boy out tending his flocks and, oh, just like any of us would do, if you're bored, you're bored. And you pick up rocks and you throw them to see how far you can throw. Or, he, or if you could get it to 
to if you could get a rock to throw into a tiny hole that uh, Perhaps, in the in the hill or side. it may have just happened to go in that way I can't yeah. really say but he threw one rock and it went through the opening of a small cave and it made a crashing breaking sound right well we all know what happens with baseballs and windows and everybody runs for fear on that <laughs> But this young boy was able to go look, and it is what he found was what is now called the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right. And those, they were in clay jars. Not the best, but the clay jars. Right. And they didn't all break with his one rock. Uh, they have since gotten all of those out of the cave. Yeah. And, and they found have, more. Yeah. And there were they are written from a time 200 years before Jesus all the way to the life of Jesus they scientists these biblical archaeologists and translators have been able to verify uh one the copying practices mm -hmm. of the codexes right as how accurate they are were and are still yeah. to give us reliable information about the Bible and showing how truthful it is. Uh, let's see. Archaeologists have been finding, as they dig places up and reference the Bible, that wow, this really did happen. Yeah, it's verifiable, and the Bible tells us. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, yeah, from archaeology, we have things like the Tel Dan Stella, which uh, um, which talks about the House of David. Um, verifying that uh, that David wasn't just the character in the uh, in the Bible, he actually created started a dynasty, and uh, um, and then uh, that uh, um, yeah that that had withstood and uh, was of note in uh, in other uh, in, by other countries, um, and was important enough to write down on a stone. Um, there's also the uh, um, Oh, the Nazarite tablet, Nazarene tablet, not Nazarite, Nazarene tablet that uh, um, that talks about the emperor at the time of Jesus's death, declaring the death penalty for anyone who stole bodies that they found in Nazareth. Um, so, uh, um, you know, there's definitely uh, definitely correlations with uh, between uh, the real world. You mean that wasn't just one of them funny uh, coincidences? Nope, not a funny <laughs> coinkadink. Because the Roman soldiers declared or claimed that the body was stolen. Right. And all of a sudden, a law shows up saying, thou shalt not steal bodies uh, in Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, trying to make it uh, illegal to do something. Of course, nobody stole Jesus' body. Right. He just got up and left. And we have that as our, our true reference points. Now, let's see, what's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? First of all, what's a testament? It's a covenant. It's an agreement. And it's between God and people. The Old Testament was between God and the Hebrew people. Right. The New Testament is for everyone. Uh, yeah. That's, well, the, it's a, to, to expand a little bit, the Old Testament was the covenant between not just the existing Hebrew people, but also those who would, in a sense, become Hebrew. Which 
was a requirement that the people, the Hebrew people, really failed right. to carry out well at all. Yeah, there were Egyptians uh, at the at the first, though. Um, we're told. Yes, we are told that a group of Egyptians did listen. Yeah. Uh, to the and followed the followed the 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 fire pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke yeah. out into the desert. And there were other groups too. In particular, it would be the few people that were from uh, Moses's in-laws, shall we say? Yeah, uh, they also believed and followed. But the covenant is a, an agreement. The Old Testament was with the Hebrew people. Really, now the New Covenant is with the children of God, or children. Period. But God that believed everybody. That's you. Yeah. It's me. Yep. And it's open to everybody else in the world. And let's see, we're at 53 minutes, so I think that's that's probably a probably a good place to stop. Fair stop. Yeah, I think so. And because uh, we get to do prayer. Right, we get to do prayer, and uh, we get to do what we've been talking about. Don't worry, I'll get it. Okay, that's way over there. Uh, <laughs> lost your bookmark. Um, yeah, um, you know, uh, if you've come this far with us, gentle believer or gentle inquisitor, perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity. We do this not with sacrifice because Jesus took care of that sacrifice once for all um, and uh, for all time, um, however long that may be. Um, you know, uh, uh, we don't use magical spells or mystical ceremonies. Some people consider the sinner's prayer to be like a magical spell um, where you say a few words and poof, you get to go to heaven. Well, that's not exactly true. The sinner's prayer, at least it should be, an overflow of what is in your heart. And, uh, um, you know, because the Bible tells us that you must believe in your heart and speak with your mouth that uh, Jesus is Lord to be saved. And so uh, so if you believe in your heart that Jesus is saved, then say the sinner's prayer. Um, and, uh, um, you know, uh, whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so uh, if you're a new believer, then uh, you can say the sinner's prayer with us. If you are a seasoned believer, then uh, you can ask for forgiveness for uh, for this and you and me both. Um, you can ask for forgiveness for the sins you've uh, committed since the last time you asked for forgiveness. Um, and uh, um, you know, so uh, so take this time um, to uh, to say your uh, your personal prayer. Um, the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible, not any version. Um, my version is just some words I thought sounded good based on uh, what I know of the Bible. And uh, so I invite you to say these words with us if you uh, if you're a new believer, um, and uh, um, if you have some personal uh, differences, that's fine, um, as long as they uh, stick with what the Bible does say about uh, about becoming a believer. Um, so uh, so here we go. Dear Lord, I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Uh, Teach me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And show me how to love my neighbor as myself. Guide my steps along the path you would have me take in this life. And help me to do the work you would have for me to do in your kingdom. 
Come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I was watching uh, something on uh, a, a video on uh, YouTube about uh, um, with uh, not about, but with uh, Jonathan Rumi and Dallas Jenkins, and I don't remember the direct name of the director of Jesus Revolution, but uh, they showed a, a trailer for Jesus Revolution um, and that had uh, a sinner's prayer in it, um, and uh, um, and they included asking God to be your friend. And I think uh, I, I like that because we are supposed to be, uh, you know, have that sort of relationship, that sort of close relationship with God. So I'm thinking about adding that into uh, what a into friend ours. we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, That's indeed. Right. And uh, well, now that you've uh, gotten forgiven and uh, and and become part of the family of Christ, uh, well, the next thing to do is to go out and. Uh, well, and to uh, find yourself a Bible-believing church with a Bible-preaching pastor and lots of strong Christians who can help you find the next steps in your uh, in your walk. And you can do that as early as today because we happen to be recording on a Sunday. <laughs> yep. And, uh, um, yeah, our schedule kind of got uh, messed up because of the move. Um, but, uh, um, but, yeah. Um, and uh, if you can't find a, if you don't have time to find a Sunday morning one because it's already Sunday afternoon, well, you can probably find some sort of Sunday evening uh, gathering or, or, Wednesday. or Wednesday or a Thursday or Friday or Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much about your other show opportunities. Yes. Um, and then uh, when you do come back uh, for the other show opportunities, um, of course, uh, the next show in order would be uh, uh, YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, where uh, we are going to be, shall we tell them? Well, we did already tell them. We did them, tell them. So That's true. That's true. So Specifically. Uh, specifically, we are going to be uh, studying the Book of Ruth, which uh, is a really good book and is one of those books about common people. Um, and you'll find out uh, a little bit about why uh, uh, why Ruth is in the Bible. And then, uh, um, <laughs> sorry, um, and then uh, come back uh, and I'll have an episode of Not Quite After Midnight for you, where we'll be uh, uh, interviewing and talking with a couple of people. Um, they're usually pretty interesting. Uh, the last uh, one I did was uh, um, with a, uh, a lady who uh, has been trying to deal with all the deaths in her family from COVID uh, through writing. Um, she uh, she's an author and a publisher now too, um, and then uh, uh, also a gentleman who uh, um, studies mosquitoes and has found ways to uh, um, to eliminate pests using uh, essential oils and uh, other natural uh, methods that aren't quite as harsh as uh, as DEET and uh, and some of these other chemicals that people use to uh, and citronella and uh, and whatnot. Um, and so it was an interesting show. I don't remember who's going to be on the next episode, but uh, it should be fun. Um, and then uh, after that, uh, return for another episode of YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, where we'll be continuing our look at the Bible in uh, Dear God, I Have a Question, Catherine Slattery's book. And uh, um, we'll be uh, starting again with what the, what's the next question? Well, we'll go with the next question. Although there's still some differences we'll discuss. Yeah. 
But what is the difference between a Jew and a Gentile is already one. That's easy. Uh, which Bible is right for you, you as you say me? Right. And, and so we'll go yep. from there. And so, uh, so yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, of course, uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions um, or uh, concerns or prayer requests, what have you. You can certainly reach out uh, to us uh, on Facebook. Um, I get the messages real quickly. Um, you can also comment on uh, on the podcasting pages, although I don't get those quite as uh, quite as quickly and generously as Facebook does. Um, but uh, um, you know, just reach out. Uh, you can do that privately. You can do that publicly. Um, whatever uh, uh, whatever uh, is comfortable for you, and uh, we'll be happy to talk about uh, about what you have a question about, and pray for you uh, too. We'd certainly be happy to do that. Um, and with that, I will ask, uh, do you have anything else to say to the nice people? I'm going to keep my God's blessing from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Okay. And uh, for uh, for Rudy, we'll give you a waka, waka, waka with the Lord. And uh, remember to keep him in your prayers uh, as he heals from a back injury. Um, and then uh, um, for me, uh, yeah, God's blessings. Um Remember to uh, remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I would like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I would also like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. I'd really like to thank my Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes. Support the show if you feel so led. Over on Patreon.com, we are known as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss Not Quite After Midnight. You can find us on Facebook and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. If you or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. 988 is the Suicide and Mental Health Crisis Lifeline here in the States.